What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit Welcome to In The Zone. This is my second interview I'm about to conduct on this platform, In The Zone. My first one was a guy who is a beat writer for the Wichita Eagle, covers Wichita State Sports by the name of Taylor Elrich. And this next guy, he is no stranger to Wichita State Sports. I've heard his name over the years but he's still a young man <laughs> thank you none other than Mr. Armand Ely hey how you doing thanks for having me on this is, looking forward to this glad we got we're able to uh, get connected and everything and then we have busy schedules and busy yeah very busy <laughs> but here we are midweek mm-hmm. some people call it home day and you know what before we get started I still have yet. This is just me. I can't get excited about hump day. <laughs> and then when Friday rolls around, the place I used to work at, you know, you had to clock in at 7 o'clock. Right. And they'd be like, today's Friday. I'm like, no, it ain't. <laughs> they said, yeah, the counter said, I said, what time is it? 7 o'clock? I said, well, it ain't Friday. <laughs> said, what you mean? I said, it ain't Friday till I walk out and get to enjoy the weekend. So, I'm not happy. I'm not excited about Hump Day, and I'm not excited about Friday until it's three thirty. <laughs> you know, I call Wednesday Wine Wednesday. That's my deal. <laughs> Got you. So tell us, tell us a little bit about yourself, because like I said, I've heard your name mentioned over the years, and I caught up with you in one of these shocker chat rooms. And, right. You know, one of them can be very toxic. Yes. We'll get to that a little bit later because I have my theory on people. Okay. Mm-hmm. But tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got started. Well, uh, when I was at Wichita State, I think it was in the late 90s, uh, from 1998, I was a uh, sports broadcast major. And one of the classes I had to take, it was a mentorship class. And it paired you with someone in that particular business. So. And the person that I got paired with was another than Mike Kennedy, the little voice of the Shockers. And at the yeah. time, I was, I knew who he was, but didn't really know him that well. So uh, over the course of, I think it was about nine or ten weeks, you know, I got to, got to know Mike. He showed me the ropes. He knew, I tell you what, he is very knowledgeable. He prepares like no other. And, you know, basically just 
listening to him, just picking his brain, getting all the knowledge or whatever. And I think one towards the end of the, of the whole deal, at the end, he had me uh, co-host one of his sports shows. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, oh, cool. I'm like, I'm, I'm pretty, pretty, pretty awesome if I'm able to do this with a legend. So we got to do that for about an hour. That's a whole lot of fun. And then after that, I was uh, he uh, let me sit in with him and uh, the great Dave Dahl. Oh, sorry, Judge Dave Dahl now. <laughs> and uh, at a at a uh, one of the shower games, and got to do that. And then after that, I kind of you know can I do this for the rest of the season? Just kind of hung around, like sure. So basically, I hung around for the rest of that basketball season. And then when baseball came around. I did the same thing, you know, with baseball, and then 25 years later, I'm still hanging around. I don't do much baseball like I did because that's a lot, you know, very time-consuming, but yeah. I've been part of the uh, Wichita State least home broadcast because I can't really travel, you know, you know, with Mike and Dave, you know, Bob Hall, and mm-hmm. all the others that we that I work with. It's been a, it's been a fabulous time. The only year that I miss was the you know the Kobe year in 2020 where where they you, the table was limited you only had our guys their guys and the beat writers and that was basically it so other than the Kobe year I've been with them since 1998 of course you know life happens there's a couple of games I had to miss but but you know right and if I'm correct Mike even missed a game during the COVID year because Yes, he had either contact, contacted COVID, and he had to do the game do the game from a remote location. And I'm like, that's how you know you got a good broadcast team when you can do it from a remote location. You're not at the stadium; you have to watch it on a monitor or whatever they got you watching it on, and still not miss a beat. Yeah, absolutely. I remember that. I can't remember who we played, but Mike, I believe, had to do it at home. Danny was actually in the arena. It was a road game. He was in an arena, but one of the one of the uh, media rooms under under Coke Arena. So yeah, both of them, but both of them had to do remotely. But you couldn't tell honestly because I listened to that game. It was still Mike and Dave doing their thing, and they didn't even miss a beat. Right, and that team in essence was introduction to. Isaac Brown mm-hmm. as a coach. Yes. Basically thrown into the fire two weeks before the season. All this uncertainty surrounding the Greg Marshall cloud. And all he did that first year was win the AAC. Win Coach of the Year award. Absolutely. So, and, you know, that was something at, you know, at the time, I think Marshall was three or four years in the AA, you know, the AAC, not to call it the ACC, not to be confused, but that was something he was, you know, Greg was unable to do with some pretty good teams. Right. And then you have Isaac Brown coming in, taking over the team, you know, like say a week or two before the season starts, in a COVID year, winning the regular season, getting us to an NCAA tournament game, you know, unfortunately it lost to a uh, to a, a really good Drake team whose yes. coach is on our radar. <laughs> very high. <laughs> yeah, very high on the radar. And 
and you know what can you know what how much can you ask for the guy and at the time giving him a contract extension hey that makes sense you know I it's it's you know people you know frustrated about well he didn't have the experience and all that blah 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 we don't know it was only one but at the time I think you know he deserved it at, you know during during that period yeah so there's a guy I'm not for sure if you're familiar with him but I happen to read this article that came out on April the 13th uh, mm-hmm. his name is uh, Dion Leffler which I hope to have him on sometime soon but he says Isaac Brown deserved so much more than the boot he received right and based on the last definitely last few games of the season looking like the team finally turned things around because there was an article about Coach Brown that he basically changed up the offense because one of the things that was killing this team was they were playing totally opposite they were playing outside in when they should have been playing inside out so one you had to get your coaching staff to buy in two you had to get your players to buy in Yes, and that made a world of difference I mean Kenny Poto became a different player uh, that opened up so much more instead, and the screens they were running was so much better the off ball screens which made their offense run a whole lot more smooth you notice the turnover started going down mm-hmm. and yeah and, and the last you know the last 10 games you know Isaac, the players got was able to finally get Isaac Brown's message and those last 10 games it was a different team than what we saw the first two months of the season and you know, when you're jacking up threes and not making them, you got to make adjustments somehow. Right. But the, what Isaac Brown, you know, there was there was fans were calling for his firing even last year, which I thought was absolutely ridiculous because here's a guy that took over the team in tough circumstances, win the conference, go to the NCAA tournament. Yes, he did not have the year that he had, but. You can't. I can't fathom firing a guy after your second or even your third season, unless the roof falls down or you have a scandal, like you do at New Mexico State or whatever. Right. But I honestly, oh, go ahead. No, I was, I was just, I was just caught up with a little bit of laughter when you mentioned New Mexico State. <laughs> right. Who wants to get caught up in that situation? Yeah. But you know. Honestly, I would have liked to see another year of Isaac Brown. If it didn't work out, okay, then it didn't work out. But, uh, you know, I think Kevin was uh, – Kevin Stahl, who I admire and respect a lot, I think he's done a great job since stepping in. You know, I think maybe under that pressure, like, hey, fan, the tennis has gone down. More importantly, that booster money, uh, those boosters for the program, you know, may have faded once Greg left. And then you also have the you know the NIL to promote as well. I'm sure Kevin. It may have been the only move that you know Kevin still had to make. I'm not sure if he wanted to, but I think he had to. And when you get new leadership in a program, because not only do we have a new AD, you had a new president within the last year or two. Yes, yes, yes. Who, who I admire as well. And when you get new leadership, you know you they want to bring their own guys in, which is fair. Right. And understandable. That's, that's basically how business works now. Right. So, 
with that being said now, because uh, everybody, especially during the season, and to some point, I understand how they felt after his second year, or if you want to technically say it was really his first year, mm-hmm. because you still had a core of what would be considered some Greg Marshall players. You still had Dexter Dennis. You still had uh, Mo Udesi. You had Tyson Etienne. Uh-huh. And Tyson had a breakout season, you know, after the Greg Marshall situation went down. Right. And he let it go and work. He said, I'm still a WSU doing through, regardless of what's going on. Mm-hmm. And he had that breakout season where he had NBA looks, but the team didn't perform to the championship year. Right. And then you bring in a Ricky Council. Mm-hmm. Uh, who else did he bring? He brought some other good players Craig too. Porter. Craig Porter. Craig Porter. I believe it was Kenny Poto. And then, uh, let me see, somebody else. I think he went to Old Dominion Universe. I can't think of his name. Chauncey Jackson. Chauncey Jenkins. Right. Right. Jackson, yeah. And so people are looking at, okay, how's this guy flourishing in Arkansas and didn't flourish? Well, some say that he wanted to come off the bench. I say that Isaac Brown also had a loyalty to his veterans, such as Tyson, Dex, and Mo. Those are your upperclassmen. And that's something yeah. that you don't see on teams nowadays is you don't see those upperclassmen because everybody's moving around, uh, a la Craig Stevenson, who is a journeyman, which I don't understand mm-hmm. that because we can't even get Kobe Rogers on the court. <laughs> yeah. How's that fair? <laughs> well, I think it was a Kobe Rogers situation. That was the uh... – transfer deal where his previous school did not want him to uh, play. Which was almost a, a similar situation with uh, with Teddy Allen when he uh, transferred from West Virginia to uh, uh, to Wichita State. And not, you know, with, with those plays, hey, you got to remember Fred Van Vliet came off the bench his freshman year. Mm-hmm. He didn't really get start until week or a couple games before the conference tournament. <laughs> so, you know, I think Ricky Council, you know, we take credit for developing Ricky Council. Think about this. In this landscape of college basketball right now, you have the transfer portal and, of course, the NIL. NIL. And, you know, from all reports, Ricky Council got a little hefty NIL deal um, to go to Arkansas. And, you know, for a young college kid who's 19, 20, how can, how do you turn that down? You can't turn that down. Well, we know Nigel Pack didn't turn his down, did he? Exactly. <laughs> That's what I was going to bring him to next. Who next? Nigel Pack. I think his was up to about eight hundred thousand dollars. Eight hundred k and a brand new car. A brand new car. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey. I, hey. That's when I turn into LeBron James. I am taking my talents to South Beach. I'm going to have ESPN and everybody there. I'm taking my talents to South Beach. And he did, and Miami ended up winning the ACC regular season. <laughs> Absolutely. And that that's the other thing now, which is another good lead-in, because we're looking at the landscape, that transfer portal. Wichita mm-hmm. State basically had a whole new team. Right. But what didn't help us was Kansas State and Jerome Tain. They caught lightning in the bottom. Absolutely. Because now they're looking at the fact that, okay, Isaac, you've done this a while. You should have this thing figured out. 
here's a coach, first time coaching, and look what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Why come you can't do the same thing? You know, but at the same time, you have to realize. And, oh, and this doesn't help either. The AAC, the Big Twelve, and if that to make matters worse, add an insult to injury. By the way, Kansas State beat KU this year. Yeah. So absolutely. From a fan perspective, and that's why I come out and say, as fans, there's two things that fans are good at. We're good at being an armchair coach. And now that the coaching search is on, we're good at being armchair athletic directors. You've been in the <laughs> position you're in. I'm pretty sure you've heard it all. Oh, absolutely. And seeing all the fans' comments, oh, but we need to get this guy, we need to get this guy, we need to. I'm like, let's, you know, let's be realistic on who we can get. Jerome Tang did it. One thing about Jerome Tang, he did a one great hell of a job up in Kansas State. And I know we had talked about earlier, yes, he did have a good first year. Can he able to sustain that? Right. Something that Chris Weber, not Chris Weber, Bruce Weber. Right, Chris Ron Weber. Weber. <laughs> Chris Weber is the one that called the timeout that they right. did. Exactly. And the one thing about Bruce Weber, who I was a big fan of, uh, he had that early success, but wasn't able to sustain it throughout his tenure at K State. Right. Other than that one year where they had went to the, the to the uh, Elite Eight, same thing happened to Bruce Weber in Illinois. Right, took over for Bill you Self. know that guy KU who's coaching the KU now. Bill Self went undefeated for a while, had that great success that first year, and tailed unfortunately tailed off. One thing about Jerome Tang is I want to see that sustainability from him, which I honestly, I think he can do that. And, you know, he, being under Bryce Drew, under uh, over down in Baylor, great, you know, great coach, great person to learn from. I see that, and that's the one thing that Utah State, that's very important is have that sustainability after a great first year. Absolutely. And, and the difference between – Bruce Weber and Jerome Tang. Bruce didn't have to deal with a transfer portal. But if you mm-hmm. notice, every situation he went into, he went into an already made situation that he couldn't sustain. He right. went into Illinois after Bill Self and couldn't sustain it. Mm-hmm. Then he went to K-State after Frank Martin and he couldn't yep. sustain it. Yes. Basically, he was playing with house money everywhere he went, but then when he had to get his own chips, it bottomed out. Yeah, and that was unfortunate for, you know, for Coach Weber. I got to know him a little bit when it's time to get Southern Illinois. One of, one of my favorite coaches other than Barry Henson, if you recall him, and his press conferences were hilarious. But it's important to have that sustainability. And like you said, the game has changed. You got the transfer board to deal with. Not only that, you got NIL, got NIL to deal NIL with. with. Right. You got players jumping ship. Like it's almost like free agency, like in the in the NBA or NFL. So when you know fans have to keep in mind when you have a completely new team coming in, it takes a while to gel. Right. You look under the rebuild that Mark Turgeon and Greg Marshall did with their new players, it took time to gel. You know, Mark and Greg did not win 25 games their first year. Right. Yeah. 
Of course, Turgeon had a, a complete rebuilt job, but <laughs> it, 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 took, it took time. It took Greg Marshall three, four years. It took Mark Turgeon about that same time. You know, once he got his players when they were sophomore juniors, it took off. Yeah, absolutely. So that leads me to the next question. Who would you say is on your short list? As a matter of fact, i tell you what I'm going to do. We are mm-hmm. like 19 minutes in. So All what right. I'm going to do, I am going to take a break right here. All right. That way some sponsors can put their slots in here. And when I come back, we're going to get into who's on your short list on In the Zone with Anthony. Special guest, Armand Ely. All right, let's do it. <clears throat> Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Back to another segment of In the Zone with Anthony and special guest Armand Ely. And we are just hashing it out, having a good time in the zone, talking college basketball, what's happening in Wichita State. We're essentially located right here in the our capital city at remote locations. He's where he's at, on where I'm at. But it doesn't stop us from having fun. So in that last segment, we was talking a little bit about what's going on in Wichita State, what's going on with the fan base, and what is it that the AD has up his sleeve, so to speak. Because, like I said, we as fans, we can do, we can believe, we can play two roles: armchair coach and armchair athletic director. But it's more that goes into it then what we think the athletic director ought to do as far as hiring the next coach. I'm, I'm going to say, put this out there. Some probably saying, is he going to replace a black man with another black man? Or is he going to go out and get a white man? No, he's going to go out and get the most qualified man. Bottom line. So, 
you know, Ooh. you have to do it. It doesn't matter which, you know, you know, color team you are. Kevin's the best guy, and I know, and I know he ha- probably has a, you know, a short list on, you know, on his on his desk on who to contact. Now, we know one of them we found out earlier earlier today is not going to be Mark Terzian. Right. Now, when I heard that Mark Terzian may be considered, at first I'm like, can we move forward from the old whatever? Let's not go back, go back, or whatever. But after about, I thought about it for an evening, and the the um, possible decision to go with Mark Terzian, I was buying more into it, only because we bring a guy like Terzian in, he knows the fan base, he knows the boosters. That's something that we need to come back to Wichita State. And you know, Mark is still he's he's still a young guy. He's like fifties. I consider him still a young guy. Yeah. You know, his son is now a graduate assistant in Colorado. But you know, having a guy like him, and also maybe to stabilize that transfer portal from guys leaving, yeah, to go some you know go elsewhere. But you know, we we see the news that you know he's not in, in you know in consideration, which is okay. I'm, right. I'm fine with that. Right. But, you know, you've got guys like, you know, my short list. I like, uh, there's a couple of guys. I, like. I, I do like Kellen Sampson. I do like uh, Darren DeVries from Drake, who, uh, who we saw a couple of years ago in the NCAA tournament. Yes. Did Pat we ever Kelsey. see him? <laughs> What's that? I said, did we ever see him? <laughs> yes, we did. Um, Pat Kelsey over at uh, College of Charleston is a, is a good deal. Only thing about Kellen Sampson is, uh, he's an assistant without, you know, any real head coaching experience. You know, his his dad is not a spring chicken. Let's put it that way. They're moving to the Big Twelve. Would he stay until his dad retires? Maybe in the near in a few years, take over a, a program that's in the Big Twelve, or maybe even start. I wouldn't say a rebuilding job, but you know, kind of like you have to reload or whatever. At a Don Power Five, right? And you know a lot of you know fans. What about Chris Jansen, Steve Forbes? Not I love happen. them both. I, I would love to see one of them, but it's not going to happen, right? You, and the thing is, I argue with fans on you know the Shocker and Filter or the other ones. Oh, yeah. Let's be realistic, for goodness' sakes. Those two are getting paid nicely at Power Five conference at the ACC and the SEC. I had a discussion yesterday on, uh, on one of the uh, Shocker fans on Twitter saying we got to get Chris Jans, blah blah blah. He's making this argument. Well, college basketball's third fiddle there behind football and baseball. We have the facilities and the resources. Slow down, bro. They, we may have better facilities in Mississippi State as far as basketball goes. I, I have not been to Mississippi State. But when you're comparing resources to the SEC and the AAC, it's not even close. SEC has that football money, thank you to Alabama, and right. uh, that trickles down. So resources, no. Facility, yes. And Christian's had a fabulous first year. Ranked in the top 15, unfortunately got, you know, had that 9-10 game stretch where they went 1-8, and 1-9, and um, was a heck of a game against uh, Pitt, another, facing against another uh, uh, Wichita State transfer, Jamarius Burton, Jamarius who had Burton. the game winner, yeah, and 
I, you know, I would love to have jams, but realistic, you got to be realistic. Right. Like, that's not going to happen. I mean, if he's getting $2.4 million, we'd have to almost instantly pay $3.4 million. And with the way our athletic budget is financially strapped, that's right. not going to happen. No. And at best, you really want a fresh start from the Greg Marshall era. I mean, I, I mean, nothing against Greg. I mean, Greg built this program up, but mm-hmm. we've seen the Isaac Brown's experiment didn't work, even though he was trying to run some Greg stuff. And I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure Chris would run some of that same stuff with his own little tweak to it. And probably a la Steve Forbes. But it's time for a fresh start. It's time. And I. Right. Oh, boy, I'm sorry. We're, no, we're, I, we're going to take our lumps with the new coach either way it goes. We're going to take our lumps all we could. Like I say, this didn't do us any justice. What happened at K-State didn't do us no justice because all the comparison that took place. But now, like you say, with Transfer Portal, NIL, Mm -hmm. it's almost like we want instant success. It's not like the days of old where you could take time, go to high school ranks, go to Juco route, build your Mm -hmm. team up. No, you better find somebody in that portal from this school or that school. We got to win now. Yeah, absolutely. And I totally agree with you with that fresh start. I think some fans here, you know, we're in the Midwest. It's a conservative fan base. They want something that's familiar that they already know. They are scared of the unknown. You know, there's nothing wrong with the unknown. We went with unknown with Mark Terrigian. We went with the unknown with Greg Marshall. And, And look how well that that came out. Right. Let's go. Let's have someone with fresh ideas, a fresh new way of things, knows how to negotiate that transfer portal and you know the NIL to uh, you know move the program forward. Yes, you're going to take some lumps with the new coach, and that's that's just that's a given. But able to build on it and sustain it. You know, Wichita, which I consider Wichita to say a pretty good job. Look at the facilities we have right. over the past, you know, 25 years since I started. Because I remember when, you know, Coke Arena or where it was the uh, Henry Levin Arena was and, and now. Look at the facility beside it. Look at X Stadium. It's still a beautiful baseball stadium. Even though it's 23 years old, it's still beautiful. Right. And now, what's so unique about that stadium now that you mentioned it, we'll get back into this basketball talk. I remember when they first built X Stadium, it was one of the top 10 stadiums in the country. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, I believe Wichita State pioneered college baseball to what it is now because other schools started investing in their baseball programs, especially You're those exactly warm, right. especially those warm weather states. And guess what? We had to rebuild the stadium again to keep it up to par. So I think Wichita State was a pioneer in college baseball as far as upgrading facilities and making your facilities the best because, I mean, let's just think about it. Gene Stevenson built that monster out there. I mean, mm-hmm. they they I even say this. I'm going to go this far. They changed the way coaches went out and recruited because, mm-hmm. remember, you go into the baseball, Wichita State Baseball Hall of Fame, as I would call it, you see names like, Bill Stevenson, uh, what's his name? Played for the Joe Toronto. Carter. Jo- yeah, Joe Carter. Joe Carter. Mm-hmm. You see Russell all those Mormon, names. Greg Bayer Dryford. You see names like that. 
we had some power back in those days. It wasn't yes. for us to put up 20 runs in the game. Oh, yeah. Coaches had to like, okay, we need to go out and recruit pitching because good pitching will always beat good hitting. Yeah. And the game finally caught up to Wichita State. And now baseball is something that you pay attention to even at the college level. So. You know, you hit the nail right on the head. I was having a discussion with a friend of mine just the other day about the landscape of college baseball. You know, back in those, you know, eight, eight, nineties, you look at the Midwest. You had Wichita State. You had Oklahoma State, Texas. Now, you have, like you said, those, those, those Power Five teams. Oh, we can do some baseball. We can get some revenue out of this thing. So you had like now you have like the Oregon State of the world. I'm like, when did Oregon State become good? They were back to back national championship years ago. I'm like, where are they coming from? Matter of fact, because of Oregon State's success, Oregon didn't even have a baseball team. When Oregon State won back to back, Phil Knight says, Hey, you know, here's some money for a baseball team. And of course, you know, Phil Knight has a lot of money. Yeah. And you have other other than those those southern teams, you have northern teams that are pretty good, like Louisville, Yukon. Nebraska. I'm like, I don't even didn't know they had baseball teams until about the mid two thousands. <laughs> Absolutely. So yeah, Wichita State has changed some landscapes for this for this reason or that reason. So right. back to our basketball talk here though. Uh some of the names that's on this list. Uh Paul Mills, Oral Roberts University. Mm-hmm. It seemed like every so often Oral Roberts will produce somebody that somebody wants. I mean, if you look at that guy at KU, he he really cut his teeth in coaching at Oral Roberts. Then he went across town to Tulsa. Then he went to Illinois, and he finally landed in Kansas and haven't looked back since. Right. So you, you definitely want to take a look at Oral Roberts because if you don't give that guy a call, let's just say if Tulsa doesn't get their program turned around, he could end up taking the – Bill Self route and going across town to Tulsa. If mm-hmm. you throw some money at him. Oh, absolutely. So he's the one you want to look at. Uh Darren DeVries, I believe that's his name at Drake. He's another one that's on that list. And like you said earlier, what he's doing at Drake, remarkable. Here they are mm-hmm. back in the tournament. They got twelve seed. They're going up against number five Miami. Uh I could see them knocking Miami off their perch. That's one of those games you don't know which way it's gonna go. So if they beat Miami, I wouldn't be the least bit surprised. You right, I think I have uh, Oral Roberts beat Miami in my in my bracket. Okay, and then you have College of Charleston's coach uh, Kelsey, right? Yes. So those are a few names, guys, that you have to have on your radar. The only reason you would mention a Chris Jans or Steve Forbes is to show your fan base that you are serious and committed to restoring Wichita State basketball to its recent glory days. Right. But other than that, realistically, you have to go for what you can go in. DeVries, Kelsey, Mills, those got to be on your list. As far as the guys not having that coaching experience in the college level, I mentioned a name to you the other day. I said Steve Woodbury. The reason I mentioned him is because 
he has cut his teeth in the college ranks. He was an assistant at SWOMO, as we used to call them, because they were known as Southwest Missouri State. Then they became Missouri State. Uh-huh. He's had some other assistant jobs at other various colleges. Right now, he's a NBA scout for the Minnesota Timberwolves and was in town not too long ago when Wichita State played against Tulsa. So that's the reason mm-hmm. I mention this name because I know he has had some college ties, so he knows how the recruiting game goes. And being a talent scout, you also have an eye for talent. And uh-huh. I believe he would construct him a good staff because, as I said earlier to you, even as good as Greg Marshall was as a head coach, he'll let you know it was about his staff. And replacing your staff can be just as vital as replacing players. Mm-hmm. And to go along with that name, with the Steve Woodbury, you know, both, uh, of course, he's a Wichita guy. Right. A, you know, Adrian Griffin up in Toronto is a guy that, you know, I believe did express interest in the job after with the whole situation with Marshall. Yes, he did. And imagine if we could have pulled that off. I mean, if if there was a time that you was going to actually pull the reset button, mm-hmm. maybe that would have been the time. I know it's only two weeks into the season. I'm pretty sure, though, Adrian would have been like, I'll keep this staff with me. But can you imagine if they would have said, okay, let's go ahead and give you a chance. And then his son comes along with him. Uh-huh. Because his son ended up going to do as a one and done. Right. Right. And I don't know if, and- I don't know if there's ever been precedented where you bring a coach in and there's two weeks into the season, which is why come they went with Isaac Brown. Mm-hmm. The thing with, uh, you know, with Adrian Griffin, you know, being a, you know, successful, you know, assistant coach, how the transition from the NBA to college, even the transition to college, your NBA is brutal, but in the NBA, you don't have to worry about that recruiting deal. You don't have to worry about am I following following um, NCAA guidelines where we be on probation or have a scandal. You know, outside, you know, dealing with young adults, 18, 19 years old, and what they go through in the NBA. And I remember Mark Turgeon saying this when he was an assistant in there under Larry Brown. You just coach. They're adults. You just coach, and all of a sudden, you got your practice. Then you're on your way to do your own thing until you have to hop on the team playing to go right. Up, right. play whoever. And, and, you know, there is a pressure to the NBA because, you know, you're working for, you know, billion-dollar franchises. But it's, it's that, that um, combination of you're a college coach, you got to do this. Got to do that. Got to make sure the uh, you in compliance. Got to make sure you got you know your players are eligible. You got to you recruit. Even though I know Adrian Griffin and Steve Woodbury do have you know an eye for talent. You look at you know the situation with Penny Hardaway. His teams were very talented, like with with James Weissman and and and, and a few others. I think this year with Anthony Hardaway was probably his best coaching he's done because he did not have the talent as as he did when he took that job. And plus, you know, we had talked about assistant coach, you, you know, your assistant. He had Larry Brown uh, a couple years. 
man, he had, you know, Stan Hayes, who was over at, over at El Tulsa. You know, that's very important to have that coaching staff right. to, uh, to you know, he's crew, do those X's and O's, and, you know, seeing what the head coach don't see and, and you know, all that other, other good stuff. Absolutely. i tell you what I'm going to do right here. I'm going to take another quick break. Mm-hmm. And when I come back, I want to get your thoughts on who do you think stay and who do you think hits the portal? Besides what we already know, who's already hit the portal from Wichita State. What players right. do you think are going to stay? So on the other side okay. of the break, we will come back and hash that out right here in the zone with Anthony, my special guest, Armand Ely. All right. <laughs> Guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. We have three guys who Welcome back to another segment of In the Zone with yours truly, Anthony. And once again, my special guest can't thank him enough. Armand Ely, one of the, one of the main figures that's behind the scenes when you hear a soccer basketball game. Glad to have him on. And we were talking before the break about transfer portals and who's in, who's out. So Right now, we already know that Shamay Scott, Shamal Scott, however you pronounce his name, Melvion Flanagan, Kenny Poto, they have put their names in the, what I call the college version of free agency. Why would I reference it like that? Because you're getting a feel for what others think of you. It's not concrete that they're actually leaving the school. They just want to see if there are some fillers out there for them before they make their final decision as to either go or to stay. Case in point, some years ago, Mo Udezi stayed. Here recently, we call him CP3, Craig Porter Jr. stayed. So people don't get all bent out of shape. <laughs> it's the transfer portal. You just put your name in a hat. So basketball. Right. And there was an account, I think it was on Melvion's Instagram account, 
but uh, Jaquan Walton kind of hinted that he's probably staying because he said on Melvin's gun, he said, wish you the best of luck. Too bad you're not coming back next year, bro. So that tells me at least a little small hint that Jaquan might be staying. In your viewpoint, who do you think stays? And who else may You know what? I think there's two guys that, to me, that stand out that I want to see stay. Uh, Jerome Pierre and Walton. I think those two guys have tremendous talent. WSU offensively looked totally different when the time that Jaquan Walker missed a couple games, other yes. than Craig Porter. I think Jaquan Walker is a big piece in, in, in this uh in, 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 in the puzzle. Uh, I do believe Xavier Bell being a hometown guy, and plus he already transferred, staying in, and he, and he caught uh, he uh, caught fire towards the end of the season uh, for Wichita State. Uh, Isaac Dean, I don't know. You, you didn't see that much of him. Uh, another ex, uh, question mark is Quincy Ballard. Um, he was down with, with um had back issues. Back issues, right. Uh, basically all year, but the times that he was in there, hey, you got a seven foot guy who can block shots, rebound, and just go over here and just dunk it over people. And, you know, the key with him is to stay healthy. I would like to see him stay. Yes. But, but, but Walton and Pierre are, are the guys, and hopefully hopefully the situation with Kobe Rogers gets uh, us Situated because I think if we had a Kobe Rogers this year with Craig Porter, I WSU probably would have been you know maybe in the topper top tier top of the American Conference. These top three, top four. I wouldn't say they would have won the conference because Houston's on a whole another level, but they would have contended for you know being third or fourth. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah. So, yeah those- those guys, you know, are, you know the key, and you see what you know what opens up with the portal, and uh, and you know with new recruits coming in. So we're kind of in agreement on the coaching search right now. The names that's on the list. Do you think? Because I've asked you this question before. Do you think that there is possibly a JUCO coach out there, kind of reminiscent to what? Nolan Richardson did back in the day. Hope that's not too far before your time. When he came yeah. in to Tulsa back in the days of the Missouri Valley Conference, and the rivalry between Wichita State, Gene Smithson and the Curly Afro versus <laughs> Nolan Richardson and the Polka Dots. <laughs> You're talking about a rivalry of all rivals. It got so heated, especially even with the fan base. Wichita people was talking about, you know, the good thing about we call it the Arkansas River is we can dump our trash in the river and it'll float down Oklahoma. <laughs> I, I tell you what, you know, being with with Mike and Dave, they can tell you a whole. I've heard a whole bunch of stories with between that rivalry between Nolan Richardson and and Gene. Um, as, as far as the question, the JUCO, I'm not really too familiar with JUCO. You know, coaches right now, but I remember back in '96, we did hire a JUCO coach, a successful one, and also the Wichita State alumni during 
those early 80s in Randy Smith, and unfortunately, that didn't we know out. how that turned out. Right. And I actually like Randy. He was a nice guy. I met him personally, got to know him. Even, mm-hmm. even somebody that was on his staff, and I think that was the undoing, and God rest his soul, Carlos Diggins. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but there was like fire and ice. Randy was that nice guy, but Diggins was that one that was the one that was like, we didn't have social media, but he was that one that was up in people's grill. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and that's something, you know, that time has changed. As, as you can see, you're not going to have the Bobby Knights of the world right. getting in people's faces. Like, you know, this is a John different Chaney's, uh John Thompson. Of course, oh, John yeah. Thompson, he was a, he could be in your face one moment and the next moment, he's your dad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When I was living in D.C., I was a big Georgetown fan, and John Thompson was one of the reasons why I was a big Georgetown fan when I uh, lived up there. Yes. So, but yeah, th- those those days of coaching are long gone. E- even right. Larry Brown, that's why I come, he's basically like a, I would call him a coaching consultant. If someone has him on the bench, they're not going to let him do too much as far as on the court. Uh, mm-hmm. He's basically a teacher of the game now. Yeah. But yes. When, and when you think about it, because, you know, we had said this earlier, you know, we brought the name Kobe Rogers, the fact that he couldn't play. And then you have a guy that I would call an enigma, a vagabond, a college journeyman, Eric Stevenson. Yes, I'll give him all those names. And if this <laughs> podcast gets out to him, I don't care because. He rejected coming on my podcast. He didn't want to talk about nothing, but he wanted me to join. This, he wanted me to join this Bitcoin thing. So yeah, I hope this podcast get out to him. I called him all those names. I'm not going to take it back, and he don't want none of this smoke. <laughs> you know, stories about him and his his dad under you know, with oh, Greg Marshall here. It was. Are you kidding me? Right. And it, it tells you that he's been at few other places he was at after he left here I believe he was with the South Carolina with Frank Martin of course but, you know the you know, water right there that kills and me. now how is you couldn't couldn't survive under Greg Marshall and now you want to go to Frank Martin and, oh, and Bob Huggins and then and Bob, Bob Huggins, Huggins and Bob Huggins and, almost got sick of him exactly that was report he was almost off the team he pulled another stunt like that you're one more stunt from being off this team I mean, mm-hmm. to me, I do not think Eric Stevenson is a locker room guy. And whatever he's doing right now no. in the state with West Virginia, I bet they're like, okay, we're going to see how far we go in this tournament. But when this season is over, I'll be glad we won't have to deal with him no more. Yeah, and his daddy. <laughs> and his daddy. Mm-hmm. That's what happens when you get a spoiled kid who gets to take a picture with Shaquille O'Neal. They probably think they all that in a bag of chips. Yep. Exactly. And, and that's the thing. I think that's where college basketball is headed, along with the transfer portal, along with, mm-hmm. along with NIL. Now you have young people coming in with entitlement. They think they are owed something. I'm kind of like, and I haven't always been the biggest Doug Gottlieb fan, but he said like this. He said, I don't think no incoming freshman deserves an NIL deal. They haven't proven anything. Right. That's play the game. Play the game first. 
at least mm-hmm. the way you know you have them around for the sophomore season. And then right. if they are as advertised, now you can start talking NIL deal. Now, if you got mm-hmm. something on the side where you can make some money, then by all means, do that. You have the right to do that. But to just throw a million-dollar NIL deal, no. <laughs> Man, fact, you have yeah. college football players or who are juniors and seniors in high school already have deals in place with their uh, letter of intent. Right. I mean, I would like to see Arch Manny's NIL deal. Oh, man. <laughs> number one, he's going to Texas. Number two, which probably should have been number one, his last name is Manny. Yes. Need I say probably, I tell you what, his NIL deal is probably higher than what his daddy made his first few years in Indianapolis. <laughs> right. It goes to tell you how the landscape has changed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what SWU did back in the early 80s with Craig James and Eric Nickerson, Nickerson, (laughs) the highest paid backfield in in all sports, the joke was that uh, Eric Nickerson took a pay cut when he went to the NFL. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) That's how you get the the death penalty and all that stuff. Absolutely. Well, Armand, I want to say this has been a blast. This time, I know we got all of this one. All 50 minutes and 27 seconds in county. Outstanding. <laughs> right, just like the Gap Band, huh? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, once again, I want to thank you for joining me on In The Zone. Like I said, you're in my second one, and you brought the same energy that Taylor brought, and we look forward to doing this again. We're going to catch up probably maybe this weekend and see how things have panned out with the NCAA tournament, see if the upsets took place, who advanced, and who went home. But until All right. The next I'm looking, time, yeah. But until I'm looking forward to it. It was a lot of fun doing this. I tell you what, you know, you know too bad it took a couple of days uh, to get together with all our schedules, but this was a blast. I hey, loved it. Good things come to those ways. So once again, give it up for one and only Armand Ely. Thank you. I'm pretty much glad to be on here. All right. Take care. All right. You too. All right. Once again, my special guest on In the Zone, Armand Ely, behind the scenes, working games, Wichita State basketball. That's why I enjoy doing what I'm doing because the people I get to meet, the guests get to reach out to them, and they're also humble that they take the time whether I'm on this platform or the other platform I am just blessed to have to have had such great guests and I know a lot was centered around Wichita State but we also talked about a little bit of this a little bit of that uh, but until the next time I want you all to take care of yourself and each other be blessed and be a blessing. You're in the zone. Until next time, Anthony Smith, I'm out.